This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc. state of mind and um, as you can see it is not Amy Canavan here today but we do have a replacement in Natasha Miko, the trend-setting globe traveling Natasha Miko. how are you? <laughs> I'm good thank you yes I am actually in Scotland for a change so that does make a difference have been known to board a plane regularly throughout the last couple of months but I would have to say that I think um, Axon's own Jim is trying to rival me at the moment he doesn't oh. seem to ever be about he's always popping up in Various nice destinations, so I think Jim's challenging me on the air miles at the moment. Well, I, I tell you what, you'll get some free flights between the two years at the end. Of <laughs> um, but we're also delighted to be joined um, by comedian Darren Connell. You may know him as Bobby from Scott Squad, but he's a true Celtic man, and we're delighted to have him here on a Celtic State of Mind. Welcome to the show, Darren. 
Thank you very much for having me, guys. It feels weird being on the show. I'm so used to uh, listening to it, so it's nice to nice to be on. Well, we're looking forward to getting your input over the next hour or so, just as much as we are from everyone in the comments section. A big warm welcome to everyone who's joining us this Monday lunchtime. We've got a lot to discuss. We are looking back on Celtic's 2-0 victory over Norwich at the weekend, as well as this coming in from Todd Ferguson. We can't let this one escape. Man, I'm feeling old 25 years ago today since we signed the King of Kings, Henrik Larsson. Natasha, it's making us feel old as well, but 25 years ago, 1997, uh, July 25th, just to take you back, number one in the charts back then was Puff Daddy with Faith Evans and I'll Be Missing You. The number one film at the box office was Men in Black and the top show on TV was Frasier. I mean, it's wow. a long time ago, but... It just feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think it stays so fresh in our memories because we continue to watch the videos and the clips. We see his goals. We see him playing so regularly on, on the sort of history DVDs now. But, um, yeah, he's one of the absolute greats and it certainly doesn't feel like 25 years. It makes me feel too. And the crazy thing is we now have, you know, a whole generation of Celtic fans who aren't that young um, who, who never saw Henrik play. You know, they never saw him play at Celtic Park, of course, they'll have, you know, they'll have learned their history from their family and they'll have seen the videos. But there is now this whole new generation who never saw Larson in person in a Celtic strip. Um, and that's a bit crazy to me. It really is. But we were certainly lucky that we were able to, to see him play because he really is one of the greats. Yeah, and Darren, obviously, there was that sort of nostalgia kicking around a couple of weeks ago when there was talks that his son Jordan Larson might actually pull on the, the famous green and white hoops. But going back to Henrik, he was just one of a kind. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And 25 years, man, I'm only 35, and that makes me feel <laughs> really old. Uh, even when I, I seen a picture of him the other night, and he, Henrik's looking a wee bit old as well. And you're like, God, like, always remember just him being a Celtic player. Always think of him wearing the hoops. And the fact that his son's like a player now is just mental. But I, Hendrik Larson in my lifetime has to probably be, it must be the best signing, I think. Even from a business point of view, with money and all that type of stuff, it must be the greatest that I can think of. Yeah, definitely in my lifetime I'd have to agree with you. And then even going back to, do you remember like even, I say a couple of years ago, it must be about five, six years ago now, when he used to turn out for these charity games at Celtic Park and he would score a hat-trick and he'd still look the fittest player on the park and you're thinking, <laughs> you know what, maybe we could get another six months out of him here. Um, he just He's always one of these ones, Natasha, that he did everything right. He sort of um, turned up at training, he was always fit. He was always back from injuries a lot quicker than anybody else. And um, do you know what? He's just the ultimate professional. Yeah, that's it. Um, and even, you know, when he left, he maintained that ultimate professional status, the manner in which he left, the manner in which he continued to go on about his career, but still talked so incredibly positively and warmly about the club, just kept a relationship with him going. Um, and when you see him now and you listen to him now, it's still the same message. There's still that same affection there, the affection we have, for him, just seems to, you know, be coming right back at us as well. Um, and, you know, talking about how it makes us feel old. Larson's a granddad now, of course. You know, Jordan Larson is a father. So Henrik Larson is, in fact, a granddad. And it feels like two minutes ago we were watching him score those goals for us at Celtic Park. So it really is mind-blowing how time flies. 
I remember my first Celtic game, and I spoke about it quite a few times on the channel. Um, but it was Celtic versus Dundee United at the end of um, Kenny Daglish's sort of temporary charge after we get rid of John Barnes. Um, and it was a time when we were playing guys like John Kennedy and Mark Fotheringham. I think the, the average age of the team that day was about 17 or 18. Um, and I always remember that Henrik um, was speaking with the Swedish manager and it was just ahead of Euro 2000. And the Swedish manager said, if you can play 25 minutes of a game before the end of the season, I'll call you up for the squad. So Henrik came back from his leg break, obviously, against Leon that year. Um, and right enough, he played 25 minutes of the last game of the season against Dundee United. And that was enough to get him called up for the, the Euro 2000 squad. And that was the first time I got to see the fantastic man in, um, playing for Celtic. And when you think back in all the memories, I mean, it's not just the goals, it's the sort of the, the assists, it's the teamwork. I mean, I even remember right down to the commentary um, for the chip over Stefan Kloss. That's like one of those iconic lines that you just never forget. And I don't think, Natasha, and I don't think in my lifetime I'll see anyone come as close to being world-class at Celtic as Henry Larson. No, I can't imagine we ever will. That's the reality of it. And we've got to cherish the memories we had because we're never having another Golden Boot winner at Celtic Park. Um but we're lucky to have him, grateful for all the memories that we have of him that we can look back on because the way that football is now, um, particularly across Europe, the the gap has just got so much bigger. Um, yeah. And the gap between us and the top European sides now, if you like, if you want to call them that or you want to call them the ones with the most money, um, the gap just gets wider and wider the more money they get pumped into them from various sources. Um, and... It's not feasible, it's not realistic for Celtic to keep up with that. So we're not going to attract the best strikers in Europe, which, you know, Henrik Henrik is one of them. Um, so while we won't be able to attract that anymore, we can still attract very, very good strikers to Celtic, um, but we won't see another Henrik Larson. No, I don't think so either. Uh, and we'll touch on some of the strikers that we do have and how they played at the weekend. But Darren, just before we move on, what would be your sort of lasting memory of Henrik at Celtic? I think it has to be, there's a couple of things, the UEFA Cup final, when he just seemed like the best player on the pitch, he kept us in, in it until the very last kind of moment, but I think it was his last game at Parkhead, just when he was walking around the pitch, and he was just getting scarfs kind of rained down on him, mm-hmm. and he was crying while giving an interview. We're saying we'll never get a striker like that at Celtic again. Maybe we will, but the fact that he gave such so many years to Celtic, that will just never happen again. He gave the best of his career. Um, like Keogh goes world class, I think he might be that kind of level. But if he keeps playing the way that he's playing, I don't think he'll be here for long. And that's why Larson is one of a kind. But I remember his last game at Parkhead and thinking, God, you you won't realise what you've got until it's gone. And uh, we've never really replaced that. That was unbelievable. Yeah, I think when you look back, I remember that game was live. I say live. It was as live back on uh, BBC Scotland during the lockdown. And just watching it again, it brought back the memories of being there that day. And I remember I was what? So it was 2004... I was six, seven, maybe. No, 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 no. That I'm aging myself too young now. <laughs> I was, uh, I was eleven, ten, eleven, 
and still then I had tears in my eyes. It was one of those moments where you just thought he's he's always going to be there. He's always going to be our Larson. He's going to score the hundred goals a season that he always scores. But um, no, he went on and still had a, a great career. And it just showed you that even at the age when he left Celtic, he could still go to Barcelona. He could still go to um, Manchester United. He can still be up there with the greats. And um, yeah, definitely one of the best to ever put on the green and white hoops. So. Uh, 25 years ago today since we signed them it, it feels like a lifetime ago but it also feels like it was only yesterday so in the comments section let us know your favourite memory of Henrik Larsson and his time in the hoops did you ever get the chance to meet him what was he like in person um, did any of you get the chance to meet Henrik no I can't say I have no Darren no no sadly I haven't um, which was a gutter I don't think I've actually met any any Celtic players? Well, that's a lie, actually, but aye. We'll get Peter back Grant. to that one. I've met him. Peter Grant. <laughs> he was a good Peter, guy. Peter, Peter the pointer. Um, okay, right, one last one then before we, we move on. If you did have the opportunity just to ask Henrik one question, what would you ask him, Natasha? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Um... Uh, you know, there's the usual, what's your favourite goal? What's your favourite game? But I think it would be quite interesting to know whether he did ever have the opportunity to leave Celtic during his time there. What was it about it that made him stay and give us the best part of his career? That would be interesting. What about yourself, Darren? What would you ask him if you had just one minute? You're stuck in a lift with Henrik for one minute. What question would you ask him? I think I would ask him something similar. I'd say I can understand why you came to Celtic, but why did you give the best years to the club? Because even as I love Celtic, like he could have, he could have went to play for Barcelona at any point yep. and probably won multiple Champions League medals. So I'd ask him that. I think I'll probably ask, ask him if he's ever watched Scott Squad as well. <laughs> ask him so who his favourite character is. I had to put that in, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> um, I think I'd, I'd maybe ask him how much he thinks he would be worth in today's transfer market. Mm, that would be good. Um, but yeah, so 25 years since Henrik Larson. Michael Ross comes in here to say, my ex-wife worked for KLM and often saw Henrik on flights. Says he's an absolute gent, very humble and a quiet family man. I think that's what most people that have met him um, would say to that. Um, here we go. Green Lichty, Green Lichty says, met him in Perth when he had his leg in a sticky. Real gent. His minder was massive, though. Um, I'll leave that one to the imagination. Um, and Peter McGee... McGee, sorry, says he gave us the magnificent seven years and went on to play for Man United and Barca. What a genuine legend. Favourite memories, too many to list. And I think that is that is the thing. You, you would think back, the chip over Stefan Kloss, the goals in that run to Seville, especially the one against Boa Vista, um, certainly lives long in the memory. But you could do a whole show on him. Uh, and I'm sure we probably will do at some point here on a Celtic state of mind. Um, but let's look ahead to the current team and look back to the game against Norwich on Saturday. A 2-0 victory for the boys in the final pre-season game before the league starts. Um, looking back at the team that started on Saturday, Natasha, do you think that'll be the team that lines up against uh, Aberdeen next Sunday? It looks as if 
Angie's probably got his team pretty solid now. Yeah, I do, to be honest. Um, and if it's not exact, then it'll certainly be very, very similar. Um, of course, the only change that you would more likely want to make would be Welsh for Starfelt, but I don't think Starfelt's going to be in a position to start um, at the weekend. I think he'll need slightly more rehab than that, um, although I don't think from Angie's comments that he's far away. One of the only really sort of key dilemmas I think Ange might have is probably at left back. Does mm-hmm. he go with his new signing Burnaby or does he stick with Greg Taylor? I think right now, um, for me, you know, Burnaby's looking good. I think he's fitting into the system well. He's getting better every time I see him. But I think in terms of performances and consistency, I think Taylor is just slightly edging it over the course of the preseason games. And I think he's probably the safer option. And I think we see Andrew almost agreeing with that and the fact that he set up almost like a first-team squad at the weekend and it was Taylor in at, at left back. Mm-hmm. I think... I think over time, I think Bernabeu will probably eclipse Taylor as the first choice left back. Um, but I think he might need a little bit more experience, more game time, more training with the squad. Um, so we'll probably see Taylor start on the opening day of the season. But otherwise, I'd imagine the squad to look very, very similar, if not identical to what we saw against Norwich. I think when you look at it at the minute, you've kind of got that situation where you have a really solid hand in Greg Taylor. You know he's someone who's not going to let you down. He's been playing really well over the last sort of... Uh, six to 12 months. He's definitely developed, I'd say, as a player as well. Uh, and I thought he had a good 45 minutes at the weekend. Um, I've not, I can't really remember the last time he put in a sort of poor performance for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that allows Burnaby the chance to kind of grow into the Celtic um, shirt because it will take him a bit of time to adapt to coming over here. It has obviously been impressive in the performances that he's had so far. What would he be like if he played the 90 minutes? I guess you really wouldn't know unless you played them. Um, but it's not as if we're rushing to get him in. It's not as if we desperately need someone at left back. We do have someone that we can call upon at the minute. Um, and I think that'll help him bed into it. Um, Darren, looking back at the game on Saturday, was there anyone that really stood out for you with a performance? Well, well Maida's goal was incredible. Um, I think... He, he showed that he was a special player last year, but I think um, maybe we just like getting used to a new team and moving a country and stuff, that they were just bedding in. I think this season's going to be really special for um, the new players that are in. Uh, he he was brilliant. I think Abada's going to be really good as well. He seems mm-hmm. to be flying under the radar. Not a lot of people are talking about him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's only 20 years old. He scored mm-hmm. quite a lot of goals last season. I think he's going to be... Um, I think he's going to show himself for the talent that he is this season as well. I mean, everybody knows that he's amazing, but it's just everyone's talking about Kyogo and, mm-hmm. you know, all those guys. So I think... Um, bad is going to be good but I that goal was uh, I know it's a friendly but that goal was really really good it's made me excited for the season it's, it shows a lot of composure and it's something that right up until maybe about a week ago I don't think uh, Maeda had kind of got into his game in pre-season definitely um, there was times he was played in uh, was it against Rapid Vienna and he put it over the bar a couple of times He he's um, not kind of shown to be the, the sort of player that you could think could lead the line but then um, on Saturday he took his goal really really well um, it was one of those finishes you know that if you're still in school you'd be back in Monday trying to replicate that one on the, the football pitch um, I thought at the time 
Juranovic was slightly offside. Um, but I think when you look back on it, it takes a touch off the Norwich player, so it plays him on. Um, and then obviously a great cross and a great finish. And to be honest, I think when you look at the first half, Celtic certainly dominated the game. Um, the only player that really stood out for me in the Norwich side, Natasha, I'd need to say, was Todd Cantwell. Absolutely. I think he's someone who's definitely far too good for the, the English Championship, but um, it just showed the dominance of Celtic to keep the likes of Timo Pukki very quiet. Yeah, no, I thought um, I thought we were fantastic. And I actually thought it was very similar to the Blackburn game and that we started really well. There was great intensity, there was great pace, really linking up well. It did fall away slightly, I think, with the sort of wholesale changes, but that's sort of to be expected. You know, that's fine for pre-season. Um, for me, our standouts, I'm probably going to go with Hitati and Jota. Um, I thought Hitati was absolutely exceptional. I think him on the ball is just fantastic. And... He has been all pre-season. I think what we saw of him last year was great. It was really good. It almost hit a peak and then started to drop away slightly. But that was him, you know, he'd played a season and a half by then. Yeah. You know, he was. he's talked about it since. He was mentally fatigued. He was physically fatigued. And if he was, you know, in that sort of state mentally and physically towards the end of last season and still turning out the performances he was, then I'm really excited to see what's to come from him this season. And we've had a glimpse of it in pre-season. I think he's almost been on another level and I'm really excited to see what he can bring, you know, once the once the league starts and take it up another gear, another two gears. I think we'll look back at the end of the season and see him as one of our really star performers. And similarly with Jota, I thought a lot of our creativity came from him. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I always like to have a player who can, you know, take the man on, hit the byline, get the ball in, and that's what he's shown that he's capable of. Um and, you know, he was running riot against the, the Norwich defenders. I'm sure they were happy to see the back of him. Um, but, yeah, I thought, you know, those two really stood out for me. And I agree with you in terms of the Norwich side. Cantwell looked pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Not until that air shot, I think, in the second half. But we'll give him that one for free. <laughs> um, but, yeah, otherwise, I thought he, he was pretty good. But, again, similarly to Blackburn, I thought particularly in the first half, Norwich struggled to keep up with us. Mm-hmm. The we were playing at the way we were moving the ball, the intensity that we were playing at. I don't think they quite expected that from a pre-season game. So you know, the first half, I thought they were slightly off our pace a bit, similarly to Blackburn, which is um, a good sign for us. I don't think Ange does half-hearted games. Never mind half-hearted pre-season games. So you know, I like the competitiveness of it, um, and it's a really good test for us leading up to to the weekend's opener. Yeah, definitely. If we we come up against Aberdeen on Sunday, who have started their season very well, um, topping their uh, Betfred Cup group. Uh, I don't think they've conceded a goal yet either, so it'll be interesting to see how we line up on uh, Sunday. Half four kickoff it is at Celtic Park for Flag Day. Um, but going back to the, the second half, and obviously Celtic made a, a raft of changes and we got to see the debuts of uh, Len, sorry, Jens. I'm so tempted to call him Lens, I don't know why. Um, Moritz Jens and Aaron Moy and Darren looking at the two of them you could tell Jens is the one that's definitely had the pre-season whereas I think it'll be a, a wee while yet before we see Moy playing a part in the Celtic squad Yes, I also agree with what Natasha said about Taylor and Welsh I could see them starting the first game but as the season goes on, I could see the new guys taking their places just mm-hmm. just purely through fitness and they just need to train more. I've got nothing against Taylor. I think he's a great player in Scotland, but 
I think we're trying to do better in Europe, and I, I don't think Taylor cuts it in Europe. That I'm not saying he's a bad player, it's just if you want to play against teams like that, I think we need to try something a wee bit different. So, But yeah, um, I think Moy is a great player. I don't mm-hmm. understand the criticism that was happening when he signed. I think... I like to kind of think, you know, champ manager type of yeah. frame. I'm like, free transfer, probably low contract. He stays in Glasgow. He's worked with Ange. He's a good player. Why not just take a chance on the guy? Like, he knows mm-hmm. he's he's played in Scotland before. He's a good player. Like, so just give him a pre-season and get him up to fitness. And, I mean... If Callum McGregor's playing 60 games a season, obviously you can't maintain that. And I want him to play as long as possible. So if Moy can take 15 games or 20 games off him for a season, then I'm happy with that. Even Mm. if he's coming on for 30 minutes or something, I'm cool. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm cool with that. It's, it's one of those sort of low-risk signings with Moy because you're, you're not paying a big transfer fee. You're not paying um, huge wages either. And as you say, he's obviously got that experience of working beside Ange before. Um, I think when he came on, you could see that he, ha- he does have the quality. It was just that he definitely didn't have the preseason behind him. Um, there was almost the, the chance where he, he put one in the the net, but I mean that would have kind of put him on a right pedestal if he'd managed to score on his debut. Um, especially when he looked as if he still needs a, a couple of weeks to get to get fit again. But um, speaking of the other signing, Maurice Jens, we were told by some of the French uh, journalists that this is someone who didn't look very comfortable on the ball, very good in the air, but could be a bit clumsy. That's not how it came across on Saturday, uh, Natasha. He was someone who was looking to get on the ball, he played some lovely long-range passes, um, and he looked as if he'd kind of already played a, a number of games for Celtic when he came on. Yeah, I thought it was a very assured debut. Um, and yeah, completely the opposite. I think he looks very comfortable with the ball at his feet. I think he's the sort of defender that'll fit Angie's system well and that he's comfortable with the ball at his feet, but also that he likes to move forward. You know, we saw a couple of instances at the weekend of him, you know, moving up the park with the ball, playing some nice passes. And like you said, Colin, he looked very comfortable. It didn't look like his debut. It looked like he'd already, you know, spent a lot of time with the squad and the team. Um, And for me, it was interesting when Ange did make all the changes um, around about the 60th minute. He left Cameron Carter-Vickers on while bringing Jens on to see them play together for a bit. So I thought that was interesting because he was obviously wanting to see how that partnership works. And if Jens is looking as settled and comfortable as he is, I just wonder if there's any inclination in Angie's mind that perhaps Jens becomes the second choice for 
um, the game against Aberdeen on Sunday and comes in to partner Carter Vickers and Welsh drops to the bench. Um, that will obviously depend on how things are looking in training and he'll get to see a lot more of that than we do. But it was good to see how the partnership between him and Carter Vickers was looking and yeah, it looked pretty solid. So I'm certainly excited to see more of him and how he can develop, especially if, Carter, if Starfelt is still a couple of weeks away from being back to it and then maybe needing a little bit more time than that for, for match sharpness. So Jens is definitely one that I think is going to be a really good signing for us. And similarly, you know, just coming back to what you guys are talking about, Aaron Moy. Yeah, Jens had a great debut. Aaron Moy wasn't the best of debuts. No, but we're not we're not going to judge a guy on 50 no. minutes. Um, he's not played a lot of football recently. It'll take a bit of time for him to get up to speed, to, to get up to fitness. And then I'm sure he can be a valuable asset for us. Like you said, it's a relatively low-risk signing. And Andrew wanted him in. So I think it works. But people need to get off his back. It was 15 minutes. Um, it was his debut. Hasn't played a lot of football in a while. We're not going to write someone off after 15 minutes um, or have any you know, ridiculous opinions like that. Give him a chance. But I think you know, getting on his back and complaining about his performance and things like that isn't going to help anyone. So certainly not him. So give him time. Let him embed into the squad and I'm sure he will be a valuable asset for us as well as Jens. Offer him a square go at the Superstore. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> there was there was plenty of that going on in uh, Celtic Twitter through the week. That was for sure, um, as as well as everybody's pretending to be other people. But we'll we'll get back to that. Um, it wasn't me. I have we seen what you were. You were that wee dog, the one that got stolen last year. <laughs> oh, I I was here. I get death threats because I made a joke about that. But oh, Crazy we'll talk about that media. later. The wonderful world of social media. It's a crazy place. Um, speaking about Moy, I was actually surprised to see him in the, the squad. I wasn't. I didn't think we'd see much of a run out from him. Um, but someone who didn't make the squad and has been the talk of speculation since then is Mikey Johnson. Um, there was rumours that he would be potentially going off to Standard Liège to join up with his former manager, Ronnie Dyla. Um, but I've heard from sources in Belgium, um, and I'll go out and name them as the Belgian Football Podcast, they've been on a state of mind before, that uh, the deal is actually just been all paper talk, there's nothing solid about it, and it doesn't look as if Johnson will be heading out to Belgium, which for me I think is a shame because if there's someone that I would trust to develop a, a young player, it would be Mikey, it, sorry, it would be Ronnie Dyla, Natasha. Oh, it just seems like a great fit, when I read that I thought oh actually yeah, perfect. For me, Mikey Johnston really needs to play football this season. Um, he's not particularly young anymore. You know, obviously he's a young man, but in terms of football aging, he's not a young player as such anymore. He needs to get minutes under his belt. He needs to try and sort of rejuvenate his career. And he can only do that by playing football. I think he's the sort of player who will thrive on confidence and will get better with game time. But if he's not getting that game time, that's going to hamper him. So it's absolutely you know, imperative for him that he gets game time. That isn't going to be at Celtic this season, unfortunately for him. We've got far too many players in the position that he plays in that are better than him. You know, he's not going to come in and take the position of Jota. He's not going to take it off Abada. We've got Forrest, we've got Maeda, we've got Kyogo, who can all sort of play in that sort of position that he would like to play in. So he's not going to unseat any of these guys. So for his own career, and, you know, if he is, or, is ever to have a future Celtic career, then he needs to go out and find football. Where that's going to be is going to be 
tricky. He's got to pick the right option. You know, there's no point in him going to a team who are defending constantly because that's just not going to allow his natural ability to flourish. And when I read about the Ronnie Dyla connection, I thought, you know, that would be perfect for him. Unfortunate that that doesn't look like it's going to happen, but he does need to find, for me, a team to go out to on loan to, to try and get those minutes under his belt if he is ever to come back to Celtic at some point in the future. You look at it, Darren, we're speaking about some of the players that um, Angie's managed to move on this summer, uh, guys like Bolongoli, Barkas, um, and Mickey Johnson's probably one of the ones that probably quite a few Celtic fans wouldn't be that fussed if he was to the part of the club. The ones that still think he has a future think that he needs to go out on loan, and that would have been the sort of perfect loan spell for him, the chance to go away to a new country, sort of develop his football but if it isn't going to be there, it does need to be somewhere and somewhere soon with the season starting. Yes, I mean, he needs uh, something similar to Ryan Christie. He needs loaned out for a couple of seasons and he just needs to play, like Natasha said. But I'm, I'm so behind Ange that if Ange was to sell him, even though I like him as a player and I want him to do well, I would also support that decision because when Ange let Dembele go, um, mm-hmm. if that was maybe Ronnie Dyla or Lennon that did that, I would have been annoyed. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if Ange does it, then I support it. Like, let him just make that decision. If he loans him out for a couple of seasons, I'll support it. But if he also sells him, then. Yeah. It is what it is. He's been here long enough. He's, he's like Natasha said, he's not a wee guy anymore. He's like 24 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's the same with Welsh as well. I love Welsh and he seems like a good player, but he needs loan. I think he needs loaned out this season as well. Mikey Johnson needs loaned out. Welsh needs loaned out. Um, because, you know, we can't have these squad fillers that are not playing anymore or, or playing games. Like, they need. Like, if you're no good enough, then punt them. It's, it's interesting you mentioned that about um, Stephen Welsh because Anthony Joseph last night was once again coming in to say that there is teams looking to try and sign Stephen Welsh. I think it was a an Italian team, was it? I, I can't remember Toulouse, which one. Toulouse, I think. Which, which one was it? Toulouse, maybe. Was it Toulouse? Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, I mean, you look at it last year, there was a Italian team. This year we've got a French team. So... There is obviously quite a bit of interest in Stephen Welsh. Reading behind the scenes, it sounds as if he's a, a very good player in training. Um, he's someone who Ange likes to have around. But I think Darren's right. I think if you look at the guys like Jens coming in, Julian doesn't seem to be going anywhere, even though I think he, he would quite like to. Um, Staffelt and Cameron Carter-Vickers played a lot of games last season. Welsh does need to get that experience under his belt because... He can't just sort of sit on the bench and develop. You don't do that as a footballer. You have to be playing week in, week out, especially at his age. And um, if it is a, a loan deal, I think that would be something that would suit Celtic better because I don't think they're in the position right now where they can, one, um, afford, not financially, but squad-wise to sell him, and two, actually want to sell him, Natasha. Yeah, right now, given the way the squad is, I wouldn't let him go. Fully appreciate the, the argument that it would probably be better for his development to be playing more football somewhere. But right now, I think we need a deputy in every position. And, you know, it looks like right now, Carter Vickers and Starfell are going to be our first two when they are fully fit. 
We've brought in Jens, who gives us his first backup, but Welsh gives us our, our second backup, if you like, so that we've got cover for both of them. You know, and I think we need four centre halves we can rely on, and that's going to be those four. I'm not sure what ha- will happen with Julian, but it's clear that Ange prefers Welsh. Uh, we've sort of seen that from the way he sets his team up. Um, so I don't really imagine the way the squad is right now that the club will have any intentions of letting Welsh go. I think they'd much rather prefer to secure a move for Julian. I'm sure they're working on that. We don't need five centre-halves, but we do certainly need four. And I think Welsh makes up one of those four. So I can't see them letting him go. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, one last thing I'd like to touch on before we kind of move on and look ahead to the game against Aberdeen is the second goal from David Turnbull and the midfield in general. I think we, we spoke about Hitati. Uh, I think we spoke several times about Matt O'Reilly so far this season. But David Turnbull, now he's in his third season at the club. Last season obviously had uh, a bit of an injury concern. His first season he was both the young player and player of the year, mind you. That season's one that everyone will try and forget as soon as possible. Um, but for me, I think David Turnbull, if he can keep his consistency up playing alongside O'Reilly and Hitati, he's another um, Darren that could easily get 10, 15 goals a season for Celtic. And he just looks as if he's growing into that role time and time again. Yeah. I think he's another player that doesn't get spoke about enough. Uh, similar to Abada, like... I think we just take him for granted. I think if he gets more game time, plays more games, it's the same thing I just said there. But <laughs> I think he'll be like a regular Scotland starter. And I think he's, you know, he's not a diamond in the rough. He's a great player. And I think if he just plays more, he'll just be a great player. And that's all he needs is more game time. I mean, he, he seems to be getting better every time he plays. His passing's incredible. I think he's quite, he's like a diamond in the rough version of Callum McGregor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love David Turnbull. I think that's a great signing for Celtic. I think when you look at his performances in pre season, Natasha, he's shown the ability that he does have. We were kind of speaking about could he play that 10 role, could he play the 8 role? He's played sort of both of those positions over the last couple of games and the midfield seems to rotate because they've all got the ability to play in those positions. But he took his goal really well. A couple of touches inside and then finding the bottom corner. He obviously scored against Blackburn last week as well. Um, He is someone who's shown the sort of form that you want to see carrying on into the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not a bad problem to have, is it? Having so many quality midfielders and Turnbull is on that list. I think it's probably the area we're strongest as a squad is across the middle of the park. You know, we've got, like you've touched on, we've got McGregor, O'Reilly, Hitati. You know, there's Maida, Abada, Jota, Turnbull, now Moy, there's still a Deguchi, there's McCarthy. We're so heavy in the middle of the park and real talent that it does mean that players as good as David Turnbull aren't going to make the start in the living all the time. But we know that there's going to be a lot of football coming up. We know that, um, you know, once the Champions League kicks off, that's going to be a couple of games a week. Um, there's going to be a lot of games before the break for the World Cup. So it's good to have that depth in the squad that we can afford to, you know, rotate. We can afford to give players breaks like Dan touched on. McGregor plays so many minutes. Um, it might be nice for, you know, him to be able to get a break from time to time. And not because, you know, they're professional athletes. They don't particularly you know, need breaks, but it's more just about the refresh as well. Um, they've all spoken about that before. So the fact that we can keep that middle of the park, even the wings, the forward three rotational, is fantastic. And it's good that 
when you know we have our starting eleven, you know the guys coming in to you know replace them, players like David Turnbull, players like Abada, you know they're still at such a high level that the quality of play doesn't actually drop off. So it's a really strong position to be in going into the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're going to get some of the comments coming in from YouTube just now. Paddy Laverty coming in saying, good to see Natasha's taking some time out from her jet setting to join us today. Thanks, Paddy. Um, so nice to be here. <laughs> Steve O'Mac coming in to say, all hail the king. Henrik is undoubtedly one of the greatest ever and in the running for a statue. I think if you were to put all the players that have played so well... Oh, I do apologise. Signing <laughs> <laughs> going off. Hopefully it's not for Colin. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's been on mute, Philly's um, waiting for, for that to happen here. But the comment on the screen, we'll just talk about it ourselves. Henrik, undoubtedly one of the greatest ever, and in the running for a statue. To be honest, if you look at it, I don't know how many more players are in front of Henrik in terms of getting a statue of his generation anyway. Um, you know, we've obviously got some of the older greats who are already up there in terms of statues. But if you're looking at, you know, then coming down a level to, you know, Henrik's generation and the squad that are playing around him, there's no one more deserving of a statue than, than Henrik. And I have absolutely no doubt that one day there will be a statue of him at Celtic Park. Yeah, I agree yeah, that, with you. That'd be cool. Yeah. I do apologise there, this is a part of the fun of living near the town centres, you get all the the um, private services, sorry, public services coming past, private services probably soon, depending on how this country's going, but let's not get into politics. Um, 35 degrees here in Portugal by the pool, see if it's not you Natasha, it's somebody else in this comment section that's jetting off. <laughs> I, I chose not to read that part out, I'm too jealous and I have absolutely no right to be jealous, but I somehow <laughs> managed to be away, you know, in, in Spain, and it was a heat wave in Glasgow. I think I'm probably the only person in history to have flown out of Glasgow and to land into Spain and actually be colder. So I've managed to miss the heat wave here, come back, and the rain is torrential. So I am very jealous of Steve in the 35 degrees in Portugal. One of those ones, Darren, when you normally step off a plane, you feel the heat coming in and then you're going, <laughs> oh, no, I need to throw a jumper on. Went to Spain <laughs> to cool down, <laughs> escaped the Glasgow heat. Drinking. Yeah, I had COVID. Oh. I had COVID during the heat wave. 
Oh. So I was just like peeking through my curtains, looking at the sun like a goblin. <laughs> then when I recovered, it started to rain. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, talking about the luck, eh? Um, drink in hand and axe on the knees. It's great to hear, uh, Steve-O. Um, Lanky67, I was watching the David Turnbull rehab on here. Wow, worth a watch. It absolutely is worth a watch if you've not seen it before. Um, Mother will put together a fantastic documentary um, on David Turnbull when he had his failed signing for Celtic and he went away and basically had to have a career-saving operation. So um, definitely once you've finished here, go and check that one out. Um, DPG comes in to agree with you, Darren. He reckons Abad is going to be outstanding this season. Um, and Michael McDonald comes in to say, either I'm too high or that bloke in the top right looks like Robbie Williams. Have you ever had that <laughs> one before? Uh, yeah, but it normally starts off with a, like a chubby Robbie Williams. Or, uh, <laughs> here, I'll take that, by the way. Robbie That's Williams. A oh, I'm buzzing. That's a compliment. I'm absolutely buzzing with that. <laughs> I don't know if you meant that there or if that was just purely accidental. How would did I say? You said you'd take that. Oh, did I? No hey. <laughs> I'd like to pretend that I'm smart, but I'm, trust me, I'm not smart. <laughs> Here, I'm buzzing, man. He says I look like Robbie Williams. That's <laughs> my day. You're going to sing off the show, is it? <laughs> um, Barry McCormick saying, is that Bobby from Scott Squad? It is indeed Bobby from Scott Squad or Darren Cornell. Um, as or Bobby Williams, or yeah, or Robbie Williams, you could probably do a wee tribute show for Robbie. Some new content. Right, if you want to book Darren, then just get in touch with me <laughs> afterwards, right? And we'll uh, book him as a Robbie Williams tribute. Maybe do a wee bit. I, I do homers, well. by the way. I do homers. <laughs> it won't cost much. Thirty quid or something. Doesn't you get him in your local uh, supporters club to do a Robbie Williams tribute act, uh, or as Barry McCormick comes in to say. Bobby Williams. Um, there we go. Darren, it's great having you on today, but for a lot of people out there, they, they know you as um, as Bobby from uh, Scott Squad. Some people may have seen your um, your tour, been to see your comedy act, but they might not know a lot about your Celtic supporting uh, history. So take us back to your kind of earliest memories of Celtic and how you fell in love with the club. Do you know, my childhood was a bit of a strange one. I never really enjoyed football when I was a kid and I think it had a lot to do with Celtic not being that good. But my dad was a coach for Celtic boys and I used to go with him to the games all the time and I just wasn't into it as a wee guy and I, I liked wrestling and stuff. But when I started to really enjoy it was when... Uh, Celtic stopped the 10 and I remember going to the street party with my mates and it was mental like I've never did you see that in the background? No, you're good I think I've got an Amazon delivery guy (laughs) Uh, so going to that street party was just mind blowing and I always remember like there was a Celtic club in Springburn that my dad used to take me to, to a certain time before I had to leave. And um, it was just like so positive and everybody was so happy. And I was like, this is brilliant. But I think it was like round about, I kind of have memories of Johnny Collins, uh, Simon Donnelly, obviously Paul McStay. 
I remember him missing the penalty against Rafe Rovers mm-hmm. and thinking, why would you want to support that team? They're not very good. <laughs> uh, but when Larson came, I think um, when, when the when the time gets stopped, I think that's when I started becoming a real fan. Um, do you remember your first game? Do you know, I do, but I can't remember who it was against. Um, my brother took me. I remember Simon Donnelly scoring a penalty, but I can't remember who it was against. You know, I remember, I... remember that, Natasha. Eh? He remembers every goal he scored. <laughs> uh, he's like Stato, <laughs> wouldn't he? He called that for the bank. <laughs> So Simon Donnelly scored, and that was it. From then onwards, it was Celtic was the team for you. Yeah, definitely. I feel like as I've got older, I start to I love Celtic more. Obviously, like uh, you know, Larson came, and then when Martin O'Neill get announced, I just remember my dad saying he's gonna he's gonna achieve good things at this club. I never knew anything about Martin O'Neill, but my dad was saying like Nottingham Forest and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think that's when I was a became a full full time fan because I just didn't enjoy football when I was younger. I had no interest in that whatsoever, but I grew into it. Too busy watching The Rock and Steve Austin. Aye, <laughs> British bulldog. <laughs> um, so over the kind of time that you've been supporting Celtic, and obviously you've been um, working in the comedy scene and working in, as an actor as well. What is the kind of memories that you've got? Have you ever been like on set when Celtic's been playing and you've been like, somebody's got to tell me the score? Because I remember we had um, Kevin Maguire, who's a country music star on here um, not too long ago, and he was touring with Rod Stewart. Um, and I remember he told me that Rod Stewart was playing, I think he was playing the Hydro or something, the same night that Celtic were playing away to... Um, one of the European qualifiers and Kevin was watching the game on his phone and he says to him no matter what it is, even if I'm in the middle of my biggest song, if Celtic score you have to come to the side of the stage and tell me what the score is because I need to know, so Celtic made it 3-0 or something and he comes to the side of the stage Rod stops singing whatever song he's singing because the fans will join in anyway goes over, sees it's 3-0 and comes back and he's like right, back into the song again and I, I just think that's fantastic I mean People's got a lot of different opinions on Rod Stewart, but that's that shows how much a Celtic fan he is. Has there ever been a time you've been either on stage or you've been recording something and you've been like, oh, I'm missing this big game? No, I'm not that famous. I, I'm <laughs> a c- couple of gigs a week. I remember years ago, uh, it was two, Celtic beat Rangers at Parkhead. It was 2-1, I think. Gary Hooper scored the first goal. Um God, it was years ago, I think. Goof was playing for Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I went to the game with my dad that day. And I was also skint. I think I put like seven quid on Gary Hooper first goal when Celtic 2-1. And I got something like 300 quid back or something. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember the game that day, but the game was incredible. And I was gigging that night. So I'm like at Parkhead during the day with my dad, like crying tears of joy. Also won a bet that's pulled us out, like helped me with money. And I went and did the gig that night and I was just like so giddy. Uh, I think I spoke about it on stage. I wasn't even I wasn't even talking about it as a joke. I was just saying, oh, I've had an amazing day. Uh, 
but I, I just memories like that are just uh, that was a good memory, man. So in terms of kind of your career and comedy and stuff like that, is there anyone that you've um, sort of worked alongside that's surprised you that they were a, a Celtic fan as well? Uh, no, really. I mean, one thing I have noticed is most stand-up comedians are Celtic fans, to be honest. Um, I was gigging with Susie McCabe at the stand last night, mm-hmm. and she's a good Celtic fan, also a very, very funny stand-up comedian. I think she's probably on the brink of being the next big thing out of Scotland. And she's a hoop supporter, so there we go. But I nobody really uh, surprises me, I think. I think I read somewhere that Peter Capaldi's a Celtic fan. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. thought, that's pretty cool. Doctor Who's a Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I've no work for him, though. You think about it, Natasha, Oops. it's all these sort of big names. It's obviously, um, Darren mentioned Peter Capaldi. You've got Lewis Capaldi as well, who's a massive Celtic fan. You've um, got Lisa Martin Comston and everyone, the ones that have turned up before. But um, it's just it just shows you where you think Celtic just goes beyond. And it's got such a worldwide reach that it's just incredible to think where we started to where we are now. Everyone that's listening to this podcast as well, this podcast goes out on so many different countries. I don't know how they understand my accent for a start, but it's just, you forget that we are not just a a club from Glasgow. It's such a worldwide reach. Yeah, I think that's great. I really like that. Um, I think a lot of people can resonate with the club, its origins, um, where it started, where it is now, its values, its beliefs. A lot of people all around the world can resonate with that. Um, which is nice. And I think, you know, we all know it from being abroad, being on holiday across far-flung destinations. And it's very rare that you don't see someone with a Celtic top on, um, which is great. And obviously the people you've touched on, you know, the the famous Celtic bands, if you like, flying the flag for Celtic um, throughout their careers and the countries that they perform in and the platforms that they have. Yeah, it's fantastic. You love to see our club's name getting out there. Anything you would like to ask Darren about his career, Natasha? I'm interested to know what got you into it. When did you discover that you're funny? Or have you always been funny? And is it just um, been a natural progression into making that a career for you? Well, I've I've said this a few times in interviews. I, I always wanted to be an actor, but I never really knew where to go or how to do it. So I went and did TV production and sound recording at college, and I hated it. I found out that I was dyslexic. You know, see when it comes to things that I'm not interested in, I find it very hard to pay attention. So I was in this class, I just hated it. And I just was a class clown. I started being a class clown. I mean, I was always a class clown in school and primary school and stuff. But in college, a guy walked up to me in the class and he was like, that, mate, you should do stand-up comedy. And... (laughs) I was just like, Wait, how do I do stand-up comedy? And he's like, there's a comedy clubs. All you need to do is write five minutes. And it just blew my mind. I was like, I can't believe I could actually go and do stand-up comedy. So that planted a seed. And I started going to the stand as a punter. And obviously I've loved comedy my whole life. Like Shooting Stars, Vic and Bob. I love old-school comedy, like the Marx Brothers. So John Candy... So I've always like loved movies and the fact that that guy said that to me, it opened a door 
to kind of to go into that world and I found out about things like open mic nights and very much started it off as a hobby like I was just a trolley boy a trolley boy in Asda like since I left school and started doing a couple of open mic nights and then I, I entered a competition one night and I and a whim. I went down on my birthday one night and the compere, I never even entered it. The compere was like, can you let him join? I was just there for a few beers and I ended up getting into the final. And getting to the final just instantly gave me like 200 gigs within the next wow. year. And it was just a chain of events that I remember one day I was like, I could probably step away from being a trolley boy now because this is getting like being a trolley boy is getting in the way mm. and then uh, I just I just decided that I'm like yeah I can do this I can do this as a as a job and here you are now brilliant I love that Robbie Williams <laughs> here I, I'm I'm still buzzing with that by the way I'm that, putting that... that on my tinder bio <laughs> I'm not even going to put anything I'm just going to put Robbie Williams that's it and just I mean, picture me like that that's all it takes if somebody says you could do stand-up comedy and someone in here says you could be Robbie Williams, that's it. You never know. <laughs> I, see, it's so weird. I never knew you could get stand-up comedy clubs in Scotland. I was just young and naive. And when that guy told me that, I went I went to the stand and I started watching stand-up live from the age of 18 till I was 24. That was my life. I used to take all my mates and then... My mates get bored. They were like, mate, you go to the Stan Comedy Club five nights a week. That's a bit mental. And I just started going myself. It used to be a drink thing. I used to go for a couple of pints and then mm-hmm. with my mates. And then I just started going myself and cans of juice. I was like, no, nah, I'm here for the long run. Like, um, Yeah, it definitely made me fall in love with comedy. Question here from Edward Why of Oz. How do you handle the heckling? Uh, well, I don't know if you've seen me do stand-up. Um, I kind of invite heckles, and I enjoy it. There's a lot of improv with my stand-up comedy because Scott Squad was improv- it's improvised. Mm-hmm. So obviously I've got jokes and I've got a set and stuff, but I, I definitely invite chat with the crowd. The only thing that ruins it is if or people are just talking to each other during the show or somebody's on their phone or something, mm-hmm. that can ruin a show. Or if somebody just makes a drunk noise, then mm. that's mental. But um, I like getting heckled. I enjoy it. Good. Bring it so, on. <laughs> so we are going to close the show out in a minute or two with a quiz. Um, because, you know, when me and Natasha get together, it always has to end up in a quiz. <laughs> um, and we're going to do a quiz on Henrik Larson since it is the 25th anniversary of him signing. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute. However, we were supposed to be joined today um, by a listener, uh, sorry, a viewer um, of a Celtic State of Mind who had a very important cause to share. Um, so I'm going to just quickly go through this and you will see a link to the GoFundMe um, underneath it. So Jamie was going to come on to tell us about his son, Jamie, um, who has been diagnosed with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Um, and it's a, a terminal disease which is found mainly in boys um, and approximately one in 5,000 um, male deaths. Unfortunately, um, it's a, a struggle that Jamie will be going through for basically his whole life 
um, and he'll be wheelchair bound and with a life expectancy into his mid twenties. Um, unfortunately, there is no cure, but. His family are trying to raise as much money as possible for all the treatments that will be coming up because not a lot of this is available on the NHS. They will have to go to um, places like America for this treatment. So if you do, and I know it's very difficult in this time with the, the cost of living crisis, but if anyone is able to donate, then there will be a link to Jamie's GoFundMe. Um, it's horrible to think of what's um, going to happen to the, the wee guy, but... Um, as a fellow Celtic fan, I'm sure the Celtic family will come together to raise as much money for Jamie and hopefully we'll get him uh, here on the show in the near future. So um, that'll be on the, the link to uh, this podcast and it'll be on, if you're listening on audio, it'll be on the description as well. So all the best to Jamie and his family. We'll hopefully get them back on. But we're going to round off today with the quiz. Now, Darren, as the special guest today, uh, and we know Natasha's got a habit of cheating. Um, <laughs> I need to turn up there. You know I am. Don't mute. Muted. Um, so, <laughs> because Natasha's got a history, we're going to let you choose whether you want to go first or second, Darren. I'll go first and also see a note about the the, the GoFundMe that you were talking about. Yep. See if you want to tweet me that and stuff. I'll share that on my social media, mate. Absolutely, and, and, we'll do. And share it all stuff, so... We'll make um, sure that we do that after this. Uh, okay. Thank you very much. Um, I'll go first. <laughs> so Darren is going to go first. Um, so your first question, Darren, and it's uh, five questions each. So we'll see who comes out on top. Um, what was the name of Henrik's first senior team in Sweden? Oh, my God, man. <sighs> Can I change? Can I go second? <laughs> um, do you know... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Oh, something Borg? Berg? Nah, man. I don't know. Natasha, I was in the red group. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, is it Passover? Yeah, I'll pass it over. Is it Helsingborg? No, it's not. Was there it one was... before that that sounds very similar? It, do you know, I thought Darren was going to get it. It was Hoggerborgs. You were, I was close. You were close there. I put That's myself down there, by the way. I shouldn't have put myself down there. I was yeah, very close. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Natasha, here's your chance to take the lead. Um, okay. In which year did Henrik win his first international cap for Sweden? Ooh. Um... By the way, just whilst Natasha's answering this, we are very sorry about the bots that's in the chat today. There's nothing that we can do about it. Please do not click on the links. There's every chance you'll get more viruses than COVID-19. Um, back to when Henrik got his first cap I would go it was before he came to us so it was more than 25 years ago so let's go roughly 30 years ago let's go I'm caught between 92 and 93 something like that, I'll go 93 Henrik Larsson got his first cap for Sweden in 1990 
three. Oh! One nil to Natasha. Who uh, did he, he play for? What team was he at? That would have been when he was at Helsingborg. That would have been Helsingborg, ah, yeah. Yeah. And then he went on to win the bronze medal at the 94 World Cup. Um, there you go. So, Darren, here's a chance to equalise. Which Hibs player did Henrik pass the ball to on his Celtic debut, leading to the winning goal for Hibs? Was it Chick Charnley? Chick Charnley it was. One each. I'm actually sweating, man. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I thought I was going to get that wrong there. Me and Colin are well used to battling this out. Um, I got to say it's very competitive on a Friday night, I'll tell you. And the accusations of cheating are very much up Colin Watts' door, I'll tell you that. Natasha, I, I have the ability to meet you again. And I will. <laughs> okay, it's up to you. This is your chance to go 2-1 in front. In the 2000-2001 season, Henrik Larsson broke Celtic's goal-scoring records for the most goals in a season. How many did he get? Oh, oh no. Um, it's more than 30. Are we talking about league season or in all competitions? All competitions. Ooh. Then it was more than 50, right? 52. So close. It was 53. No! 53. So it was one all after two questions. This is getting close. I like this. Darren, your chance to take the lead. Which Scottish side did Henrik score the most goals against in his time at Celtic? He scored 30 goals over his Celtic career against them. Oh. Right, this is going to be a wild guess. I would say... St Mirren? It's not St Mirren. Natasha, do you have a guess at it? Yeah, I'll go for something like Hibs. It wasn't Hibs, it was Dunfermline. Oh, okay. Dunfermline. 30 goals against Dunfermline. Um... Natasha, your chance to go in front. How many goals did Henrik score in Europe for Celtic? He's currently Celtic's top European goal scorer. I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to have a guess at it. How many goals we've scored in Europe? I'm worried about pitching this in the right ballpark at the moment, right? It must have been... 35? Natasha Miko goes 2-1 in front. No chance. 35 oh. goals. Said that, I um, am shocked, I have to tell you, because I literally pulled that out of thin air. <laughs> 35 goals Henrik scored in Europe for Celtic. And Darren, your chance to, to equalise here. Um, against which side did Henrik score his last goals for Celtic? Oh, man. I feel like I've conceded a goal in extra time here. <laughs> I've got the keeper running up for a corner. <laughs> uh, his last Celtic game, who did he score against? Yep. His last goal for Celtic, who did he score against? Oh, my. Was it Hearts? It wasn't Hearts. No, oh, no, no. I know who it was. I think- oh, no. 
I know who it I was. I'm I'm not giving it as a confirmed answer because I was tempted to Dunfermline because he scored against them the most, but I think it was Dundee United. Darren, who did you think it was? St Johnston. It wasn't. It was Dunfermline. No, I wasn't the answer. I took it back. That was, it was first the first Scottish Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still two one to Natasha. No. <laughs> uh, Natasha, this is your chance actually to to wrap it up here to win it. Okay. Um, so this could make it 3-1. Um, but here is your question. So Larson moved to Barcelona after leaving Celtic. However, he had a short season that season, uh, breaking his ACL against which team? Oh. Um. I don't know. I might have to throw this over, but I don't want to give... Darren, no one. Hmm. I don't know. Which team? I'll have to throw it over. I don't know. Darren, any any ideas? I don't know either, but I'll just take a wild guess. Uh, Villarreal. It was Real Madrid. It was in an El Clasico. Was oh, it? Yeah. I don't remember that. Okay, fine. So, still 2-1 as we go into the last one. I, I can't it's... remember him getting injured for Barca at all. Yeah, he took yeah, a... Not as clear as his injury for, for us, for me. Yeah, he took a really bad one against Real Madrid. Um, and they, they still extended his contract. And then, um, obviously, went on and had that great second season at uh, Barcelona where he set up the two goals in the Champions League final. So that just tells you this is not one of the questions that's coming up. <laughs> um, Darren, your chance to equalise here um, with your last question. And how many major final tournaments did Henrik play for Sweden? So we're talking about Euros and World Cups here. I think it was four. Four? Natasha? I'm going to go higher. I think it was six. Natasha, if it was your question, you would have stole it. He competed in six. But it got thrown over. It's feeling it. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway because Darren can't come back. So um, this is your chance just to wrap it up here. Which, which other sport has Henrik Larsson played professionally? Oh, there are some really random sport. Um, I know that doesn't really narrow it down, but there was definitely some really <laughs> random sport that he played. I can't remember the name of. Um, something like it was something to do it was something like with a ball but mm-hmm. I don't know what it was it was something really random so it like was fus- like football or something like that but it wasn't um, that, Aaron any ideas? I'm not getting another one wrong I've humility <laughs> I've already embarrassed myself enough uh, it was um Indoor hockey or floorball, and oh, he actually yeah. played that at a, a, a re- reasonably high level to the point where he was being called up for the Swedish national team. So that is very interesting. Wow. Just shows you. But, I um, also yeah. know that he was supposed to be a really good snooker player as well. Yeah, there was always the the stories of him and Paul Lambert playing um, pool and snooker, and I think I remember a, a game Celtic played Livingston at uh, Celtic Park, and the floodlights went out. 
Um, so the, the place was in darkness, but the, the big screen stayed on and it showed you a sort of behind the scenes of what happened at Lennox Town. I don't think it was Lennox Town at that point, but it was um, Paul Lambert and Henrik Larsson and they're playing basically competitive, uh, what do you call it, competitive pool. And this is they've done it every single day and they had a scoreboard. I think it was like 43, 42 or something like that at that point. So, um, yeah, I can totally believe that he was like that. But, um, yeah, so, Natasha, you are once again Ooh. our champion. Congratulations. There we go. <laughs> so, Two-one victory, Natasha. How how do you feel about that? Oh, the relief! Um, the relief. I was getting flashbacks to those competitive Friday nights. I tell you, um, but I think if I cast my mind back far enough, which I will, I think the last time we went up against each other, Colin, I also won. So now I think I'm on two in a row. So I'll absolutely take that. So what we're saying is we're looking for someone to come on here and challenge <laughs> Natasha. Um, that's going to be our new segment. It's going to be called Challenge Natasha. Uh, a bit like Challenge Annika back in the day, uh, and we're going to see how long you can hold on to the Axon quiz title. I think I'm just going to go and book another holiday. That's me out. I'm <laughs> not surprised at that either, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but I'm no, humble in defeat. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but thank you very much to everyone who has joined us here today on A Celtic State of Mind. It has been uh, a real pleasure, actually, to have Darren Connell join us. Um, Darren, let's hope it's not your last appearance on here. I hope you've enjoyed it. No, thank you very much. I'm just trying to keep professional and, yeah, I'm just like, should I try and be funny or make his laugh? I'm like, I didn't know what to do. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed being on. You you can just simply come on and be you. You can be you, you can be Bobby, you can be any other character you want to be. You just as long as you you talk Celtic. That's all that matters here on this channel. Well, it was a pleasure um, coming on and uh, it's a great show, by the way. Quenches the first of my need for Celtic during pre-season when there's no games on. So, well done, guys. Thank you. Yep, Natasha, thank you once again for joining us. Um, we'll be back tomorrow at 12.30 for another episode of A Celtic State of Mind. Let's see what happens in the world of Celtic in the next 24 hours. Until then, everyone, stay safe, take care, and as always, a massive hail hail. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
people all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.